today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's uh, time for our town hall with Hamilton Chief of Police Frank Bergen. Now, if you want to jump in on the conversation, a quick question or comment for the chief, uh, 905-645-3221, star 9900, our toll-free numbers for you. Uh, we'll do that. And of course, email bkelly at 900chml.com. Let's get right into it, though. Uh, Chief, welcome back. Good to have you on the show today. Thank you very much, Bill. And I just want to not lose this opportunity to also say that uh, uh, Lincoln Alexander was an important person in my life as well. I got to know him when I was in Toronto, and he was an honorary Toronto chief as well, and and then coming into this organization. uh, The many veteran parades that he participated in, but also uh, he was my neighbor and somebody that oh, yeah? I often had the opportunity to speak to on the street. And uh, we often uh, even um, met as he was going in his latter, later years to Shoppers Drug Mart and different things. But we always stopped, had a conversation, and, and always had something to talk about that was always in a positive light. And, and I really, uh, I think Lincoln um, had a lasting impact on so many of us. And, and yeah, what a great pause during your day today to think about the impact he had on the city of Hamilton. Yeah, and, and I know, I don't want to spend the whole segment doing that. Because we could. We could spend the whole three hours talking about how wonderful Link is. And, and as you say, Chief, the number of people that he touched. But he was such a warm human being. And, and as, you know, he always used to say, he says, I'm not a big shot. I'm just a lucky guy. You know, that have had some lucky breaks. Well, he was a big shot and a great guy and, and a, just a great human being. Uh, I want to start off today. Mitch, let's do something maybe not so controversial, the police budget. Uh, <laughs> because I know that. I know that you uh, had an initial meeting uh, with some of the members of Hamilton Council about this, and uh, well, I, and in the in the wake of you know let's defund police, etc. Uh, the budget, the, the, at least the raw numbers are out there right now for council to start talking about, and uh, you're looking at a 3.94 percent budget increase this year. Uh, explain how you came to those numbers and what this is all about, if you could, Chief. Thank you, Bill, and what a what a great way for you to set it up to say that. A 3.9% uh, ask is not controversial. The reality is uh, what we're actually speaking to, and, and to your point, we had, the, we had the pleasure of speaking to 14 of the 15 councillors. Uh, we spent an hour with each one of them in the prep to our GIC meeting yesterday. How helpful, very, very helpful, because what we heard uh, absolutely across the board was the challenges about what, what we need and, and what we need in order to maintain a, a safe community. And the reality is, uh, across the board, there, there's opportunities for increased police activity, increased police presence in the communities, uh, increased traffic enforcement, uh, and that's also commensurate with what we're seeing. Bill, Bill, in, in 2021, um, over 8% increase in our calls received, uh, over almost 13% increase in 911 calls, 3% increase in the non-emergency calls, and a 9% increase in our dispatch. But what we've done this year, and this is something we worked very closely with our budget subcommittee, with our police services board, is we had a conversation. Every year we do a multi-year budget plan. Uh, we work so closely with Mike and Brian and the team at the city uh, in finance, looking after what is a 10-year capital plan. But we never actually have addressed this as being a 10-year human capital plan. This year we did that. This year we actually looked at some of the amazing stories going on in Hamilton. The economic indicators speak for themselves. 
Hamilton is the place to be. And isn't that amazing? I sit in my office right now in my, in my 50-year-old building, and I look at all the tower cranes around in the downtown core. We're, we're on the eve of an LRT uh, commitment and that expansion of our transit systems. We are a thriving innovation center, a university center, a hospital center, technology. We're leading in every area, and we're also seeing that that is increasing the population and the interest. All we're asking is to maintain that cop-to-pop ratio, which is at 146 per 100,000. Let's make sure yeah. we plan uh, let me, the Let me just jump in if I could plan. on that, Chief, because I know that, that that's a statistic that uh, has been reported a couple of times. As a matter of fact, it probably comes out every year during budget time. Uh, but it's an important statistic because uh, it, it basically, it's, it's a determination made uh, about how many offices you need. As you say, this is a growing city. Uh, you saw this in Toronto. You've seen, every officer, every chief of police I've talked to has had to look at this. And, and when you look at the numbers, and I know it's based on averages like most statistics are, Hamilton, for the longest time, as long as I can recall, at least the last 10 or 15 years, at least, if not longer, has been underserviced, understaffed. You don't have any, anywhere near the ratio of officers per population that the, the standard says you should have right now. Bill, that's just the reality of it. And I just want to be clear to the listeners, and we're not making this number up. This is a number that comes from municipal benchmarking. This is a, that is applied all across Canada. And the reality is right now, just in the median of policing, in the median of what is the expectation in our in our comparators, if you will, in the policing community, we're 58 officers below that. But if we add what is truly going on in our community, which is our crime severity index, the amount of homicides, the shootings, the youth violence, the challenges that we're dealing with, we are 122 below. All we've asked council to consider is maintain our cop to ratio, cop to pop ratio, which is below the median, but maintain it and look at it to plan for the next 10, 20, 30 years, Bill. What about attrition on the, on the service, uh, Chief? That's, that's been an ongoing problem. I know it is in many city departments right now. Uh, you know, for everybody you bring in, there's people going out the back door, too, with a nice retirement package. Uh, is, is, is that under control, or is it, a, is it a problem as you look down the road with your projections? I think it's actually pretty normal, Bill, and I don't think that we are abnormal for what is the normal community impacts. What we've heard in, co in the COVID experience is a lot of people are working from home and they're actually changing their jobs. No, we're really lucky. We have, we have police officers and, and civilian members in our organization that have the ability to celebrate 30, 35 years of service. Bill, I'm in my 40th year of policing. Uh, in policing, people tend to stay. It's a very rewarding career. And in fact, our attrition is not at all a challenge for us. But what is a challenge is making sure that we can manage our WSIB files and our pressures of presumptive PTSD. And we do that very carefully. We have an incredible team with our occupational health and safety who look at proper return to work opportunities, member wellness, and support. There's been some criticism, you and I have talked about this uh, over the last uh, year or so, especially, Chief, uh, about community involvement. And I know there are some elements of the community and some groups within this community uh, that feel as if they're not getting uh, the kind of support that they need from Hamilton Police Services. Uh, the number of different things that have been raised, lack of understanding, et cetera, et cetera. What are you doing? And since you're into budget time now and you're projecting exactly what your services are going to be in the in the coming months, what are you doing to address those concerns by a, a number of different groups here in the, in the community? 
Thank you, Bill, for that, because that's exactly why we took this approach in our 2022 budget submission, is we laid it all out there. We, we're not hiding anything. One thing that our command team is committed to is transparency and accountability. It's great to look at, um, you know, look at sustainability, affordability, efficiencies, and we do that every day. What I do is I, I absolutely make myself available, our command and our, our members of our organization, to have those difficult conversations. Right now, we have had some challenges. What I'm committed to and what our board is asking us to do is reflect the vibrant diversity of this city. So what we're doing is, although we may have challenges from time to time and decisions that are, in fact, looking in a critical eye, we take that criticism and we make sure we incorporate in our training, in our conversations. The one thing I absolutely speak to very clearly is my expectations on competency, character, and courage of each and every one of our members on whatever job function you have, and customer service is our priority. We're constantly making ourselves available, and we will have those difficult conversations. It's those conversations that will make us better. A uh, very controversial uh, court case uh, wound up uh, earlier this week, of course, uh, when uh, uh, the two former paramedics, of course, uh, were uh, charged and, and finally sentenced. Uh, but in his summation, uh, Justice Errol uh, was very uh, critical of everybody who was on scene that night. And there was some criticism about some members of, of police service, too, for their attitudes, uh, the way that they interacted with the public. Uh, what's the takeaway on that, Chief? I mean, I, uh, some other organizations, I'm told, have just let it sit there and say, well, what, it happened, what was, it was, was. It, those are legitimate concerns. And, and I, I think a number of people in this community want to know, how do you address this going forward? Not necessarily with those officers, but with the attitude of, of officers in situations like that. Thank you very much, Bill. And I just don't want to miss one thing in a clarity because we get caught in it as, as well. When things are before the courts, it's very difficult to have conversations about it. So please, let's not mistake that although someone's not speaking about something is because they don't care. They're just making sure that if things are under appeal or if things are within a civil suit. From a, from a Hamilton police perspective, uh, we, we had the ORPRD engaged. Uh, we did absolutely listen to the words of the judge and the decision. And our thoughts are with the El-Snawi El family. Uh, these are tragic circumstances and the family lost their son. What we have done as an organization is had those conversations. We look at the language and we absolutely do not uh, discount those impacts. Our training has been focused on criminal investigation management quality service, victim management, and this training is in line with our policies, but it's these type of cases, it's this type of a, a judgment that reminds us we can do better. I know there's, there is training. I've talked to some of the people that have, have done some of the training with police services over the years uh, about issues, sensitivity issues with LGBTQ, a, a number of different uh, groups as well. So it's one thing to, to sit somebody down and say, okay, you've got to go through so many hours of this. Uh, it's another to actually embrace uh, the message there. Are you confident that that's happening, that uh, that, that, that your members are, are, are understanding exactly what they need to do and there might have to be uh, a pivot here for them to have a, a better understanding of what's going on in this community and how to serve this community? Well, one thing, we never rest on our laurels. We have to make sure that we can learn from every interaction. But when we look after year after year of what actually is our complaints, about the interactions of the 280,000 interactions we have and less than 0.4% result in a complaint. The reality is I, I am so proud uh, of what the men and women do every day. Uh, but part of being proud also makes sure that you hold people accountable. So we have those conversations. And, and I am confident 
that the, the men and women of this organization represent the community. But I'm also very much in line and, and very much aware that, that unfortunately the 10% of the people within the social media environment seem to get 90% of the headlines. When those things do occur, we talk about, we make themselves available, and we do our best to try to pivot in some of our decision-making, but more importantly, communicate amongst our members and listen to what our members are saying about the impacts of our actions. But isn't part of that that interaction, in other words, being proactive, in other words, creating that dialogue instead of being reactive after an incident or an alleged incident is, is, is occurred, then all of a sudden you, you, you get into damage control as opposed to building bridges? It's true, isn't it? It's, it's what gets the paper it always seems to think that we're reactionary. The reality is I can't think of any organization, certainly in my many, many years of policing, that hasn't always been able to evolve. Uh, I can tell you certainly from my deployment in 1982 to where I am today, uh, I've only changed because I've been willing to listen and I've been willing to become better in my service delivery. And I believe that happens every day. Every day is a learning example. The reality is what people don't know is the initiatives that we do. Right now, we actually have gotten uh, a contract that we've just started, and that is an ability to have those difficult conversations. One thing we saw out of George Floyd is how do those three members stand by and not do something? So when we speak to our members and what I said earlier, and I'll just remind you, this is part of what I want our, our recruits, our in-service members and members upon their retirement to member, that we are responsible to rely on our character, our moral compass, our ethics in order to make those decisions. We often say, you know, you're making decisions and make sure you're comfortable that your mum is watching you make that decision. We do business planning. We do all of this that sounds great and ribbon cut. But the reality is policing occurs at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. We ask our members to have the courage to always do what is right. And in many cases, they do. But when they see something that is not right, they also have an obligation and they do intervene. Uh, Chief, our time is tight. It's a very busy day for us. I appreciate you jumping in for a few minutes to talk about this. I know more discussion uh, forthcoming about the uh, the police budget itself, and I'm sure that uh, some of the councillors will have some input, and we'll certainly talk about that going forward as well. Thank you so much for the time today, Chief. Bill, thank you very much. And again, uh, let's all take a moment today to remember Lincoln Alexander and remember that the lasting legacy is not just what he's done, but it's within us, and let's all be better. Thank you. Absolutely. Again, thanks again. Hamilton Chief of Police Frank Bergen joining us here with a mini town hall. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.